Welcome to this installment of the Safety Cast. My name is Shalini Nagpal and I'm a Senior Inspector with the Construction Services Group with Safe Work New South Wales. Today I'll be joined by Michael Weller, a State Inspector with the Hygiene and Toxicology Team with Safe Work New South Wales to discuss crystalline silica. Welcome today, uh, Michael. Welcome to today's Safety Cast. How are you going? Uh, well, thanks. How are you, Shalini? I'm good, thank you. Look, thanks so much for joining us to talk about crystalline silica, which has been a topic of increasing concern over the past few years in New South Wales workplaces, as well as making regular headlines in the media. I know that Safe Work New South Wales ran a safety cast on crystalline silica in September 2020. Uh, since then, Safe Work New South Wales has undertaken a number of initiatives to educate industry about the risks and consequences of working with products containing crystalline silica. This year, inspectors have visited construction sites statewide in January and February to talk with principal contractors and site, site supervisors about the risk of silica dust, and they will continue these visits throughout March. Just as a quick snapshot, since January 11, 2022, Construction inspectors have undertaken 303 silica dust safety visits with a further 586 subcontractors also receiving guidance. Just briefly, some of the initiatives that Safe Work New South Wales has driven to support this work includes the development of useful resources, including the new dust safety poster, toolbox talks, safety checklists and fact sheets, all of which have been shared and readily available on SafeWorks building and construction industry webpage. Okay, Michael, so um, to kick off, I thought uh, we might get a little rundown of your background and how long you've been with SafeWork. Sure, I've been a state inspector with SafeWork New South Wales for five years now. Before that, I had about 30, 30 odd years experience, uh, mostly in the private sector. And in fact, some of that time was um, spent measuring silica dust in the workplace and also on uh, implementing control measures. Fantastic. So you're very well suited to today's safety cast. So I might just kick off with um, a few questions. So firstly, what is crystalline silica? Well, crystalline silica or silica is basically quartz, which is what sand and sandstone are mainly made up of. This is why crystalline silica is one of the most common minerals uh, found on Earth and everyone comes across it when they go to the beach. So it's very much in our environment. So where would it be found in construction? Well, most people will already know that sand is used in many common building products or materials such as concrete, bricks and mortar. Uh, but of course, you'll find silica when you cut or excavate through sandstone or other rock uh, because it's such a common material. One tip, though, is that if you're not sure if a product you're using contains crystalline silica, I'd certainly recommend contacting the supplier or manufacturer uh, to find out from them uh, if the product you're working with does contain silica. Sure. So, Michael, you've just mentioned a couple of high-risk activities, but if you, if you might, um, if you don't mind, I just want to get a bit of an idea around what high-risk activities or processes um, would generally generate airborne silica dust. Yeah, well, sand itself is not hazardous because the grains of sand are too big to breathe into your airways and lungs. So the problem really comes around when you have to cut, grind, drill or chisel mm -hmm. or other, other jobs like that with products and materials that contain silica. 
especially when you're using high speed tools and equipment. Because it's these tools that create the fine dust in the air that a worker can breathe into their lungs and if exposed for long enough, can eventually cause silicosis, a serious lung disease. Right. So how, how can we eliminate silica dust? Well, as mentioned, if you can avoid having to do things like cutting or grinding products with silica, then you won't create dust or at least not very much dust in the first place. So, for example, using prefabricated concrete products which don't require any further finishing or grinding will eliminate airborne dust. Also, using tools like manual roof tile cutters rather than a power tool will mostly eliminate any dust. Right. So what can we do to isolate silica dust when we find ourselves unable to eliminate it? Well, working outdoors is usually a better option than working indoors for a start, because indoors, the amount of dust in the air can build up. Of course, if workers are not directly involved in a job that is creating the dust, then it's a good idea to keep them away from the work area as well. We isolate workers from dust without sometimes even realising it. For example, a worker operating a piece of heavy plant like an excavator sitting inside an air-conditioned cab with filtered air is isolating that worker from the dust. Yeah, that makes sense. So what about options for substituting products containing silica? I think this will depend a lot on the particular product you are talking about and whether it's possible. Certainly, there are engineered stone benchtops coming onto the market with less quartz, but they still do contain some quartz. Mm-hmm. Um, so can we manage silica dust through engineering controls? Engineering controls can be very effective in reducing dust, as long as they are used and maintained properly. Engineering controls include things like on-tool dust capture devices or shrouds, which are connected by a hose to a Class M or H vacuum to collect the dust. Using water to control dust is also a common control. For example, concrete saws come with an attachment to connect a hose for water. These controls can be upwards of 90% effective in reducing dust levels. But there still might be occasions when you will need to supplement these engineering controls with a P2 respirator or face mask. For example, if you're working indoors or in an enclosed area. Okay. So, Michael, do you need to have administrative controls in place to assist in the management of silica dust exposure? I think you'll always need a combination of controls depending on the situation. So while engineering controls will be effective in minimising exposure to dust, you'll need those administrative controls to make sure that the various tools and equipment that you are using are in good condition and properly maintained. For example, businesses will need to carry out regular inspection and maintenance on tools and equipment, Mm -hmm. as well as provide adequate training and supervision to their workers so they know how to properly use the tools and the devices that are used to control exposure to silica dust. That certainly is very, very um, important and imperative or critical part um, is that training, ensuring workers understand how to use these controls, for sure. So what PPE do you need to provide to workers or ensure that workers are using on site? If effective engineering controls are used for a particular job, then there may actually be no need to wear a P2 face mask or respirator. 
there's a big but here though because it can vary from job to job depending on the type of tools and equipment used whether the job is done indoors or outdoors and how long it takes to do the job mm-hmm. in most cases a p2 respirator or face mask will be sufficient mm-hmm. but say if the job is done indoors and the engineering controls for whatever reason are not effective then a respirator that provides a higher level of protection may be required. Um, respirators that can provide a higher level of protection are known as what's called powered air purifying respirators. So they filter the air uh, for the worker and, mm-hmm. as I've mentioned, can provide a higher level of protection. Yeah. So that's really, really insightful. Thanks, Michael. Um I know that um, you've mentioned a number of controls and the various equipment and tools um, that that could potentially be used by businesses uh, of relevance. Uh, I certainly uh, believe that mentioning the safety rebate that SafeWork has recently revamped from $500 to $1,000, um, there's obviously eligibility requirements around that, but businesses can certain, certainly read more about that on the SafeWork website. Um, and do you see that that would be beneficial in, in supporting businesses in purchasing equipment, I'm really glad you raised that, Shalini. Is that's that's a great a great point. Uh, many of these control measures aren't that expensive. They can be bought off the shelf, mm-hmm. and a thousand dollars will will go a long way in towards either buying these um, control measures outright, or or certainly um, paying for a lot of the upfront costs. For example, a Class M vacuum can be purchased um, for around eight hundred to a thousand dollars. And um, and even powered air purifying respirators are eligible for the safety rebate. Fantastic. That's really, really good to know. Um, so does the activity being undertaken uh, with regards to silica require air monitoring to determine the level of silica dust exposure to workers? Uh, that's a really good question, Shalini. And not necessarily. And the reason I say this is the first thing you really need to do or a business needs to do is to make sure they have put in place the control measures. Um, while it's true that dust particles you can't see are the ones you breathe into your lungs, if you can see a cloud of dust while someone is angle grinding, you know you have a problem without doing air monitoring. Mm-hmm. Once you've put the dust controls in place but are not sure if they are effective or not, then that's a good time to do some air monitoring. Okay. Okay, that's good. Um, so how do we consult with workers on the hazards associated with silica dust and whether they've actually understood the safety control measures being implemented? Well, as with any um, safety issue or safety concern in a workplace, toolbox talks are a good way to get a discussion going about what jobs might result in the hazard or in the dust exposure and also then how to get a plan in place to control or fix any issues. This is very important, I believe, because often the workers who have the best ideas on how to minimise dust exposures and know what will and what won't work uh, in the workplace or on a construction site. Definitely agree with you there. Um, Workers often have the the best um, solutions and the best um, input and they're the ones directly impacted by any, any controls that are implemented. So they certainly should be part of that consultation process. Um, so, Michael, where can our listeners get more information around silica or crystalline silica, rather? Well, certainly from our website, if they go to Safe Work 
New South Wales website and search Silica, uh, they'll come up to our landing page and there's lots of information, as you pointed out, regarding fact sheets. Uh, we've also got videos on how to use control measures and also links to other sites overseas where there's a lot of information about how to control exposure to silica dust. Fantastically. I know that they can also find links to the Safe Work Australia website, which contains guides on silica products, and alternatively they can contact 131050 to speak with um, an inspector or our staff on customer service there. Look, thanks so much for sharing your insights today, Michael. Uh, some of our key takeaways today are determine if your workers are exposed to silica dust in their day-to-day -day work activities. So this should be done in consultation with your workers. One way of telling if your workers are overexposed to silica is if you can see a visible cloud of dust. If the job or task creates a cloud of dust, then you need to put in place appropriate control measures. Some of these have been mentioned in today's safety cast. Make sure control measures are reviewed regularly to ensure that they remain effective. And lastly, do what you can to eliminate dust ge generation in the workplace. Thanks again for joining us today, Michael. It's been very informative. Thanks very much, Eleni. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this topic and others, please visit our website at www.safework.nsw.gov.au. If you need to report an incident or need to speak to someone at Safe Work, please phone 13 10 50 or use a Speak Up app. And lastly, please share this production with your industry friends and colleagues.